0: All right, well, welcome back to the Brown Amplification Podcast with Ben, Dave, Adam. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's good to uh, be back and we want to talk about uh, pedal boards today Mm. um, because, you know, we're all guitar Guys, on some level, yep. you guys especially, me, I'm just a hack. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah.
1: That's I do okay. if you wear black skinny jeans and a black t-shirt, people will think you're a guitar player. Have well, a nice beard. Yeah, That's half the battle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Just for the job you want, not the job you have. Learn some licks. Sometimes yeah. you just got to look the part yeah. before you can actually play, and that's yeah. okay. You know, sometimes. That's right. Ooh,
1: we should talk about our favorite soundcheck licks. The Ooh. ones we practice and just pretend like off the
2: cuff. You're like, oh, I just, I well, I just yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just. Never going to
1: use this in real life. But I think James Duke maybe uh, posted something one time or was somewhere it was like top 10
2: licks to get you fired or something like that during, <laughs> <laughs> during sound check. It might not have been him, but I thought that was great. <laughs> have you watched any of the Joe Bonamassa um, stuff that he's done lately on Instagram where he's like Joe B and he's just like. Giving advice, but it's like completely terrible advice. But I think I know, saw one: how to get fired from <laughs> when you when you're the last guy to go at the blues jam, and you know, just play really, really out. <laughs> that actually is so great because it's helpful in a funny way. Like, just do the
1: opposite of this. So instead of giving you tips, right. let let us help you not be that guy.
0: Don't be that guy. It's the it's the same guy that uh, goes into guitar center, right? Isn't, oh yeah. What's what's your guitar center lick, Adam?
1: I don't. I, don't, I just play cowboy chords. The pressure is too much. I feel more pressure in Guitar Center and the judgment than I do on stage because <laughs> everyone on, everyone, when you're playing a show is actually there to hear music. <laughs> I pick up a guitar in Guitar Center I'm like,
2: oh, man. I, I love gear so much, but sometimes music shops are like my least favorite place in the world. There, now, there's some shops where you go in and it's just like, this is amazing. But if some dude's just like shredding in the corner... At the top of his game, you're just like, oh, man. I With can- the girlfriend standing there on her yeah. phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think the beauty of a lot of our pedals are in more boutique guitar pedal stores, yeah. stores, if I can say stores, stores, stores. stores uh, shops. I was going to say shops, but I said stores instead. In um, <laughs> more guitar boutique places, um, and we got some great friends all over the world. Honestly, that we've made some great relationships with yeah. and shout out to all of our dealers who are honestly friends now, which has yeah. been really nice. Thank you so much for loving our pedal and showing it to others. Yeah. And I don't think they would appreciate the guitar center jam in their boutique stores. Hopefully they have a sign uh, up. They, well, I was saying oh. when I was, uh,
1: I don't know if they're a dealer yet. They should be one of these days, but East side music and, uh, Nashville. I think it's East Side. I went in there with Jared and Zane, some guys I work with. And uh, I think they had some type of sign that was like, no sweet picking, no <laughs> loud playing, all of this. And I walked in and there was some guy playing the most beautiful, like two, three chord thing. And I couldn't see his face. And all of us just we were like, who is this guy? That's just, that's just beautiful. And uh, he like gets up to go. And I realized it was Tom Bukovac Oh man. And there was some other younger person shredding in the corner, and the owner was like, I'll be right back. When I like, <laughs> tapped him on the shoulder. And I was like, Lesson to learn. If Tom Bukovac plays really pretty two chord things when he's trying out guitars, you probably don't need to test out your sweet picking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Arpeggios! <sighs>
0: um, so if you guys were going to design a pedal board, um, like a basic 101 pedal board for, you know, the, what we call the working class musician, <laughs> which is our joke uh, about uh, who we're going after, who we're trying to mm-hmm. help. Yep. Um, Why we do this. just need some synonyms. The, <laughs> like for that word. The WCMs.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Um, what would be your go-to, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's pedals and there's pedals. So talk about what you would put on your board well
1: what we have the classes of you needed some type of drive some type of delay some type of reverb maybe a what, comp yeah compression if that's your thing and everything else is just sprinkles
2: it's just all comp that. can be really nice if you're uh, playing through amps that aren't turned up yes would right yep that which is, true. is often the case these days
1: yeah sadly so what would uh if we can't say the, if we're, we're not gonna say the protein, so if, if you can't have the protein, what would you pick as your
2: first drive pedal? Um, I would pick uh, some sort of dual overdrive that stacks well because I love just that idea of being able to get three different colors out of one box. The double barrel's awesome. Yep. Um, I haven't played the Cornerstone Gladio yet, but I've seen enough videos to know that that's a really fun one. I think it kind of gets a little more of that Dumble compressed vibe, which could be really cool. Um, the King Tone Duelist, I have played. I actually have one of those.
0: I have it here. Oh, yeah. You, have
2: it. you need to pull it out. This pedal is super fantastic. The White, you need to Vanna White
1: it, you know.
2: Now, what I love about this pedal, killer- the knobs. Killer, yeah. The, the look is amazing. Yeah. But the Blues Breaker side, is awesome. And the tube screamer side is awesome. It does have a lot of options and dip switches in the back so that you can adjust so many things that um, I, I don't know which way sounds best. See, so that's I, when, I, I when we say we
1: eliminate options with the protein, I just want to be clear. It's not a problem with the pedal. It's one of those, it's not you, it's me thing. (laughs) It's not you, it's me. Technically, more options should be what we want. Mm -hmm. It's not you, it's me. I just get stuck in weird loops in my head and I'm going to make it worse. Yep. So more options is probably good
2: if you're not wired in a very weird um, fixation way. (laughs) I just couldn't stop. Flipping the symmetrical asymmetrical switch and trying to hear it. And it, it so much depends on the amp and the guitar and how loud you're playing and if you're stacking all these other things. But so I'm gonna go with this. This is my drive pedal that I'm gonna use. Okay. But I'm gonna have that's to your, I'm gonna that's have to your... hot glue some settings in place so I can't <laughs> <laughs> I can't reach down
1: and adjust them. You need to write a little note next to it. It's like Dave, don't note touch." Note to yourself, you like this setting. This is the setting you Leave think is alone. good.
0: <laughs> Please don't touch.
1: I know it's eight a.m. in the morning before church. But you don't need to mess with it because it's okay. And this yeah. is going to sound. Great. Nothing <laughs> is
2: going to sound the way that you want it to right now because yeah. your ears are asleep and the amp is on one. So. It's not
1: you. It's me. It's not the pedal. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's user error. <laughs> Did you have a? I think you had one. I had a King of Tone for a long time, and oh, I yeah. really liked. That's a great pedal. What I liked about it was having the two of the same style circuit in a pedal. Yeah. But then also what I didn't like about it, if we're saying I can only have one pedal, was having the two of the same type of circuits yeah. in it. Because there's something awesome with stacking two of the same thing. The complexity of having them both set lower and you know is awesome. But If I could
2: only have one, I'd probably pick something that had two different. I think that's the first drive I ever stacked or that I stacked and liked. Because, you know, I used to have like a Tube Screamer and a Rat on my board, I think, and a Big Muff and... You turn any two on at the same time, and you're lost in mush, right? But the um, king of tone, I think the one that I had had a high gain option for one side, but I don't think I, think that's that, I had. Too. I don't think I used the high. I think I turned that off. But the two blues breakers together, you know, one clipping a little more, and one clipping on the second one, the one closer to the amp clipping less, right? Because if you if you take Uh, low gain and hit high gain, then you're going to boost it and you're going to tend to get some mush. But if you take uh, a a higher gain, which is, you know, this is what we did with the protein. Like the green side is definitely meant to be higher gain. I set my, you know, in a normal setting, I've got the green side. I've got the gain of about two thirds. The volume is about 50%, somewhere around unity tones, probably fairly straight up the middle. And that gets me a pretty good, pretty good gain sound. And then the blue side, you know, mostly everything at noon set to be a nice, very light overdrive. And then if I turn them on together, you get like, to me, it, it kind of feels like I've got an amp that's turned up and I just hit it with an overdrive. And so everything's starting to work and you're getting some some juices flowing rather than, you know, the amp set on one and you smack it with a tube screamer and it just sounds as bad as it did without it.
1: The layers add, we were talking about this before the podcast started, because um, in Pro Tools, you know, if you look at some of one of our channel strips a lot, you know, I'll have a, something like a, a black box, just that's adding a little bit of harmonic complexity, and I'll be hitting a tape, pl- like it's all these layers of little things that make the, the end tone be really complex. Right. And so we were kind of talking before, I like approaching pedals that way. Because I would always, you know, initially buy a pedal like, oh, I need a lead sound. So then you buy mm-hmm. like one box that has all of that. And when I started messing around with pedals and treating them almost like a plug-in, like how can I have this almost not be an overdrive pedal? Mm-hmm. I just want it on and do as little change as possible, but it's just adding little harmonic complexity. Yeah. And I, I showed you guys a clip I did with the T4 and I turned the drive all the way down and it sounds Clean, really. I mean, it almost clean with mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of gritty breakup, but sounds I wouldn't like have thought to do that. Or a, a booster of some sort. Yeah, or like the amp. I'm hitting the amp really hard maybe. interesting, yeah. But that was really fun, opening up pedals and just doing that. Like, can I stack three or four and have them work? And I think a big thing, too, is the order. You have to experiment because I know that when we, uh, the two pedals we started with for the protein, I had had them in a different order, actually, and I still liked it. And then I forget for whatever reason, I think I couldn't fit it on a board, I flipped it and it worked better space wise. And I realized that it didn't compress, like we were saying, right. you know, hitting the tubes, or sorry, the blues breaker side, sounded so much more open than the blues breaker side, hitting right. like the, the green side. Yeah. and So that's so is worked. that
0: something you feel like people should, I mean, obviously be aware of, because that's a process of, of time and, you know, eliminating what works and what doesn't work. And for guys that are probably new to pedals or still trying to figure out their board or what they need to do, your advice is you actually want to add complexity in small doses rather than mean like, this is the pedal that you should have. that's going to fix everything. It's like, no, you're actually going to need multiple different gain stages to be able to make the sound that you want, right? Well, it's like the rat pedal is a great example.
2: Like, it's an amazing pedal and it would just you know, blistering sounds, but the guys that are using, uh, one of my favorite rat-esque pedals that's on the market today is the 1981 DRV, right? It's, you know, very different than a rat. It's been modified a lot, but it's, you know, that's kind of its origin as, as I understand. And, um, a lot of my favorite sounds that I've heard from it, the gains most of the way off and it's just adding like, just a ton of vibe and color and complexity and, you know, harmonics and whatever. It just, you know, it makes it feel a lot better when you're playing. But it's not doing a whole lot of distortion. Like it could, but it it almost is better to me in that aspect, especially if you're going to, you know, run multiple things together. So lower gain and, you know, different things together. I tend to find that I'm using... Um, lower gain than i used to um for sure because as i go back and i listen to recordings or you listen to board tapes and you you know hear stuff that you did you realize wow i really didn't need as much gain as i thought i did to communicate what i was trying to communicate
0: is that just it's because you're getting
2: older
1: (laughs) no maybe unless it's fuzz we can say that or we can you know, brand it, positive maturity. <laughs> there we go. But I remember, uh, I think it was actually Dave Ween's, I, I wanted to get some Rage Against the Machine sound or whatever for a riff, and I had so much gain. Mm-hmm. Now that I look back, I'm like, why did I have so much distortion? Because when you actually listen to the record, not that distorted of a guitar most of the time, but the feeling was so big that in your head, you kind of go, right, I need more because it feels so big. But then when you really sit back, like, oh, it's not that much. And when you view, t- you know, drive pedals, instead of calling them drive pedals, because that puts me in a certain headspace, oh, it's a drive pedal. But when they're viewed as tone shaping pedals, then you kind of let go of all the rules of where you, oh, I should, I got to have the drive at least up a little bit because it's a drive pedal or, you know, whatnot. And it's like, well, what if I like the way it shapes the EQ when I turn it on? So I just turn the drive off or all of that stuff makes it more fun because when I was younger, I would buy and sell so many pedals because you would get something you're like, oh, it just doesn't work. It doesn't sound like what I wanted it to. But some of the best tone is those little those little mm-hmm. tweaks, those little changes in there. But that's, you know, it's not as fun to worry about the little changes. It's more fun to just crank it. But, <laughs> yeah. Don't sell anything until you've tried it every possible way because you might find something magic in a really <laughs> weird setting. And hours were lost. <laughs> that's right. And? I never went to college, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> here we are. But here we are still, you here know, still. making our lives work without the college degree. Yeah, yeah, that's well, I, okay. I have a college degree. Well, that's because you're a resident genius, Dave. I have a degree in classical guitar. <laughs>
2: really? <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> Let me tell you how helpful that is.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, well, maybe it's helped you understand uh, tone shaping.
2: It helped me understand. Segovia <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't even know I was like oh I don't yeah, I don't know what you do with that he's a classical guitar player there you Larry go Segovia are no. you going to build a classical guitar one
2: of these days no no, no classical guitars I got one recently though for the first time in a long time I got uh, I kind of have this funny thing with trying to find guitars that are made around the same time that I was born and I got a, an Alvarez Yari classical I got it really cheap but it was you know made in mid seventies and some Can I see that? I think you showed that to me. Yeah, it's hanging on the oh, wall. It's cool. It's t- tons of vibe. It's a great sounding guitar. For I, cheap. Huh.
1: I think Phil Keggy released uh, he did a Spanish record at one point in time or I class, it whatever you want to call it, but he had a nylon string guitar. So I went out and like bought one and then realized I did not have the focus or desire to learn that style enough to actually <laughs> do that. And so I sold it. I was like Sometimes you just have to know when to when to call it. And I was like, "This is not going to happen." It's actually,
2: the first guitar I ever played was a nylon string. My dad had a nylon string. Uh, he had sold all his other guitars, and there was a and that was the only guitar I was allowed to play because no evil could be conjured with a nylon <laughs> string guitar. Apparently, um, so I would try to learn how to play Metallica
0: on a nylon string guitar. You know, hey, there you go. See if you can pull off Metallica on a nylon string guitar. You can do anything in life. You can accomplish all the things that you want to accomplish. You can have your dreams. I think <laughs> kids have too much
1: encouragement these days. I think we need to temper it back a little. So maybe not that. Maybe temper it back. Yeah. I mean, okay. can we? Can all of us really be president? Somebody has to work at a gas station. Is this a podcast
0: for, I mean, the <laughs> for the kids? For the kids.
1: Somebody would, has to work at a gas station. We can't all be president. <laughs> L- lower your dreams. Lower, lower your do, expectations.
0: We're doing this for the kids, folks. Don't shoot for the stars.
1: Shoot for the treetops. That's right. Make it there. Reevaluate and. uh, So here you go. Biggest regret of something you sold, thinking you're like, ah, there's something better, and then you really wish
2: you hadn't have sold it. Um, well, it's not something I sold. It's something I didn't buy, and it's a classical guitar. Funny enough.
0: Funny enough. So your biggest?
2: Yeah, I was at a pawn shop, and. Again, an Alvarez-Yari, which is why I started looking for an Alvarez-Yari classical. They had this Alvarez-Yari classical that um, was a step-up model from the one that I actually got last year or whatever. But um, it had been played so much that it was almost a top, a whole worn in the top, like Willie Nelson's trick right? Yeah, Willie Nelson. And it was just alive. Like, it just spoke when you played it. And... Um, I asked the guy how much he wanted for it, and, I, you know, I think he said he wanted 300 bucks, and I was trying to talk him down to 250 So I left thinking I'll come back. It was a pawn shop right around the corner of my house I went to all the time. I was like, I'll come back tomorrow, and he'll, he'll sell it to me for 250 Came back the next day, and it's gone. I was like, where'd it go? And he's like, oh, the doctor bought it. And I, I want to know who the doctor is. I want that guitar. Is it in KC? Yeah.
0: If you're a doctor well, in KC and you, start searching. and you have that guitar, you want Sad.
2: <laughs> if you bought the Alvarez Yari Classical from the pawn shop on Warnall, I would like to buy it from you. Yeah. I'm I'll give to... you the
1: $300 you paid for <laughs> for The 300 bucks, yeah. The one that got away. <laughs> What's I, yours, Adam? I, I was trying to think about it because I don't... I haven't really sold all my favorite stuff. Honestly, stuff you have built me over the oh, years. I, knew you were gonna say that. I know. Uh, well, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm like schlepping something, and I'm like, well, before there was a pedal company, you literally just made all of the guitars for me and a bunch of the bunch of my friends, and so I haven't really sold few. a select few. Sorry, a select. <laughs> do not. I just email haven't made that me. many guitars. That's a
0: work of that's a work of love. It takes a lot of time for me to build a guitar. We do have people that ask us. And typically we say no, or you say no. We <laughs> usually have two or three in the works, but they take months. And especially right
2: now, yeah, taking six months or a year because you just can't get and stuff. And the price of
1: wood is so expensive right now, too. That oh. alone would up. Oh, yeah. Like a, a guy I know is building a new house, and it's not, a, I mean, it's like a four bedroom house, so decent size, but he said not his lumber costs, but the increase price was an extra extra sixty thousand dollars because the price of two by fours is up three or four
2: times. So I saw somebody posted yesterday a regular eight foot two by four is ten dollars. Yeah.
0: Ten dollars now?
2: Ten dollars for a two by four. That that was like a two dollar piece of wood this time last year. Yeah, well, I was gonna so buy. I need a little rack for my amp heads, like a little shelf, and I was just gonna
1: like I was like I'll just build something because I don't need to buy something. And I went to look at the wood, and I was like, I can actually just buy something cheaper than I can. But <laughs> one of the things with guitars too that I appreciate and why I don't I've, I don't never sold a guitar you made me is I remember was it for my jazz master and we were dropping screws of different materials to figure out which ones like resonated better. So that's kind of the level of fixation there is. Somebody probably would have thought it was crazy, like on on the floor in Dave's garage. We're like, I think that was that? I
2: think we were looking for um, posts for pneumatics. I think that was yes. your, your Les Paul, your R nine that you had. That we after we had replaced every single piece of everything on that guitar, we decided that it still was that. Yeah, I just remember great.
1: Someone texted me like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "It doesn't matter. We're just <laughs>
2: sitting on the floor of a garage. We're listening to the no. way nickel and brass resonate." Do you, what do you think nickel
1: i don't know the brass it's kind of nice i like
2: brass man
0: so that's that's why there's no line of guitars (laughs) well at least at this point in time we, we we've talked about it
2: i would love to do it
0: yeah it would
2: it would require a pretty uh pretty big investment for a shop and you know the kind of things we would need to do there's some guys here in town that do fantastic work that I'd love to partner with and see if we could get something going. They build great guitars. There's other great guitar companies out there. Man, their Sife Guitars in Kansas City builds amazing guitars. They run a repair shop called Fountain City. They are like, you know, where I send people when I can't get to stuff, which is most of the time these days. And brothers that work over there and they're just brilliant. Yeah,
1: that's a regret. I had a uh, Sife Seafoam Green Strat And it was awesome. Uh, But I was playing bass for an artist at the time, and I didn't have a bass. I was Mm -hmm. borrowing it because it was kind of an emergency thing. And uh, Kevin Rogers, he came in. uh, I was working at uh, JHS actually at the time, and he came into the little storefront that used to have and had 1976 P bass or something like that and traded me for that. And I don't even have that anymore, that bass, but traded me for that Strat, and I just kicked myself because... And I've heard him. I've heard that he's told people like, "Yeah, it's like the best strat it. And I was like, "Son of a gun!" I regret that one. The deep regrets of life.
0: Okay, so getting I spent back a lot to of
1: therapy to cover those things up. <laughs> so that's why they're slowly, you
2: know. Oh, we don't survive without therapy. That's. I think my uh, my bigger regrets would be pedals that I sold. That Rams had Big Muff, the original Whammy pedal that I had that I sold to the guitar
0: Ooh. player in my band because he was using it.
1: Is that Dave Ween's? No, Ian.
0: Hmm. Any other deep regrets in life? I mean, so, just around serangu- so guitar many. pedals. Let's let's not talk about the rest of the rest of them. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I
1: have any pedal regrets. There's some early JHS stuff I wish I would have held on to, just just for yeah. memory's sake. Because uh, I, I remember hanging out with Josh in his basement when we were playing with the same artist together and watching Seinfeld, and he was making pedals, and I just wish I would have held
2: on to some of those just to have them. But. i had I've had a couple bun runners, and I really wish I still had a bun runner. Yeah. It's a, it is a, I mean, it's kind of like the the vex Fuzz Factory in that I buy them and I love them and then they frustrate me and then I sell them because they're worth, you know, the bun runners, you know, we're going for a good amount of money, but man, they just, they do a thing that nothing else does. I liked the, uh, I had, I don't think he still
1: makes it. It was green. Well, mine was green, but I think they called it the pollinator. Do you remember that one? Had a little bee icon on the logo was it a fuzz it was a fuzz yeah. but it got really spitty in a really fun way yeah
0: and yeah there's a few of spitty those. in a
1: fun way not spitting a bad way well yeah some words are very
2: depends on what you're going for because that could be <laughs> bad but i really liked it so no, spitty can be awesome like i love velcro sound and fuzz like just and velcro that's what the bun runner and the the fuzz factory you know they will really do that velcro fuzz but it's also very frustrating. So. And
1: then it literally sounds like your kid, your shoes as a kid, when you would rip the velcro off.
0: That's what <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. it's like shh. I'm just I'm learning so much, so much sitting right here. I just I just answer emails and make sure pedals and get up really the door.
1: It really is vital if you're gonna play any type of Chris Tomlin song. <laughs>
2: um, pretty much, your worship leader will love you. As you always, always have a fuzz factory on your board uh, if you're playing a worship gig. I think that's a really important piece of advice. doesn't because matter you what they you will not say. be able to make
1: it stop squealing. <laughs> People don't know what they want, so just feel
2: free to reinterpret the song
1: yeah. <laughs> and, it fuzz. and it will pay off. They will I love had, you
2: for it. I have, I was going to say had, I love it. I have a Maris Enzo, which is a really interesting, complex pedal. And I was trying to use it live um, without a like sort of preset device to recall presets, and so it would never. I could never get it to where I had had it to get like this magical sound, and instead it would just start squealing or like you know endless looping some sort of feedback thing that I couldn't turn off. So I, I now have a Morningstar MC8, so I can call up presets on it and it's bad things magic i've got like nine settings on it that are i mean it'll sound like a bass it'll sound like a whammy pedal it'll you know you showed it to me i think i ah,
1: man my attention span for some things is so short i need to get over it when it comes to programming loopers and getting into the really deep stuff for whatever reason when it comes to pedals i kind of am just like does it sound good yeah. and if it takes like reading a manual i'm
2: like I'm uninterested. Give me my, my memory, memory man, back. <laughs> it's like the the Chase Bliss mood. Like if if you didn't take some hours and go down the the rabbit trail on that one and then save those presets, that's it's a it's a frustrating pedal, but it's also just beautiful and inspiring.
1: What's the uh,
2: vibe? I ha- I sold it, which that's, I guess that's oh, a little bit of a regret. The Roger uh, Mayer, the Roger
1: Mayer, watching all the Landau videos. And all this stuff, I was like, i got to get that sound. And it doesn't even have menus. It's not even digital. It just, but it has like 75 knobs. 75 knobs (laughs) with things that are like bias, which would affect speed and shape, but then another knob would affect speed and shape, and it would take me hours to find a
2: basic chorus set. I remember. I was like, ah. I remember when that pedal was purchased as a gift for you, and I spent hours finding some really cool sounds, and then, Taking photos on my phone and then sending you the screenshots of being like, okay, here's three different starting places to get some really cool. And I think drum. those are the three sounds I used because I would move <laughs> one knob and that, then I'd try to get
1: back to it. I'd turn another one, like, oh, the speed slowing down.
2: Was that the interesting? Vo- was it called the voodoo vibe. That's the voodoo
1: vibe. That but the tone of the pedal was awesome. it was so good. Even I mean, even the buffer in it was amazing. But I just
2: I can't. That reminds me of the uh what was that company that made those really cool pedals uh the Edge used one a ton and was the envelope filter the meatball
1: Yeah yeah it wasn't, even... wasn't like was it a single stomp box I'm trying to think uh, they were big
2: if Only or, we had a device They were if only, Ooh, we had we could... a, if only had a way <laughs> to look this up What, what do you the, think the Meatball called? Love Tone the Love Tone, oh, Love Tone. meatball yeah. is one of is is way worse than that than that Roger Mayer pedal. And I say worse. I love these pedals, so I'm not slagging on them. But you could spend nine and a half days and not find a usable sound on the, <laughs> the meatball. Like, you you really have to, like, figure some things out. And then the minute you change anything in front of it, it all changes because it's triggering on, you know, the velocity of your signal that you're... It's sal- human psychology.
1: People love those pedals because they say the more time you invest in something, the more you actually like it. The more Ooh. money you spend, the more... So if you've spent twelve hours to come up with this sound that no one is going to be able to figure out on their own because there's too many knobs and it's too complex, you're going to have this like deep, intimate relationship with this pedal,
2: and you're going to really like it. And you better hope you don't have kids that are going to go mess with your. I pedal was thinking. Board. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Okay. So getting back to what goes we got on overdrive, your, we got through overdrive. What did you say? What else would you put on double barrel? Double barrel. Yeah. Or the dualist. Or the dualist. Something like that. And then, so you said a compressor, you need double overdrive, like a simple board, you know, somebody that has never maybe, you know, spent a bunch of money on a board. What would they... Compressor. We'll I
1: like the SP because it's SP's really great. simple, small, inexpensive. One of the simple Keeley or
2: Analog Man ones, Awesome.
1: I don't have one yet, but I want to get one. Uh, a buddy of mine has a Mirage. I forget what the actual company's called, but it's a red compressor pedal made by some people. I think it's South Carolina, and it's one of my favorite compressors. I played his, and it's one of those things, I, you have it a lot, I guess, in studio rack gear where something adds compression, but it's not compression. Mm-hmm. It just kind of does that that same type of thing, and that one's
2: awesome, and they're not that expensive. either. I love compressors that I don't hear a whole lot when I turn them on. I've, I've got the... Is it Origin Effects? Mm-hmm. Like, like the Cali 76 and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I've got the
0: little mini one of those, and I love that thing. At some point, I think we will end up uh, in Dave's basement in his office, mm-hmm. and we'll do an overrun of his board. Go through my big Go pedal Go through your pedal board. board. It's it's a and then we'll go to Adam's studio and we'll probably do the same thing over there yeah. and go through his board. So we're talking about it now, but at some point we'll actually show you and they can play through it and they can give you more examples the, of The big why. board
2: in my basement is,
0: you know, for when I'm playing alone.
2: And so it gives me a lot of options for looping and textures. And, you know, I don't know that I would take that to most live sorts of things. Although I, because of the programmed ability, I, I could do that now. Yeah. But, like, simple, basic, I would just go... Like, the SP is pretty easy to set. Um, is that exotic effects, SP? Yeah, it's, it yeah. just
1: has a volume and a blend. Yeah.
2: And it's it has, like, impressive. a little
1: three-way dip switch. It's, like, low, medium, high compression. And, yeah, it's. I've never had a break. Even it Adam good. and Dave
2: couldn't mess it up and make it yeah, sound I bad couldn't. by fiddling with all the... <laughs> no, I will say, there are dip switches
1: on the inside. I forget what they do, and I believe I messed... I wish you wouldn't have told me with that. ...with the one time, and then... Doing pre production for some live thing. And then halfway through the first song, I Googled what the stock settings were and put it back. Because <laughs> I messed it up. I was like, hold on a second.
2: I had to make everyone stop. They're like, screwdriver. I have to take the back off of my pedal. Okay, so we've got it's a compressor. Yeah. compressor that's not doing very much. Maybe nope. boosting your signal a little bit and just a tiny bit of compression. Yes. Uh, into a dual overdrive. Right. Both of which sides are not set with the gain all the way up. <laughs> yeah. Lower gain settings. Um,
1: where do we go from there? Are we bypassing modulation? Cause that's not, I think, quote, unquote, I, think you, I mean, you,
2: it would be ideal to have a chorus be pedal, ideal. but I would put my volume pedal before that if I was using a volume pedal, right. which I would, if I was playing on a Sunday morning at some sort of place where you might play on a Sunday morning, what would you do?
0: <laughs> what kind of places are those? <laughs> Dunkin donuts Dunkin donuts <laughs> <laughs> well let's be honest the, probably eighty percent of the current pedal industry is folks that play at certain places on sunday mornings if, if possibly i, was playing, I don't know. if
2: I was playing for worship on Sunday morning I probably if I was the electric guitar player, I probably would bring a volume pedal um and I would put it after my overdrive because then I can you know hit a chord really hard. The overdrive is doing everything it's doing, but I can just bring in the level and I'm not changing the gain stage.
1: What would you do? Good good advice.
2: I was thinking there's situations
1: that I do a lot more these days. It's not worship, but I want to kill my, obviously kill my guitar volume. What would you do? Would you just put a tuner mute switch after your drives or in the beginning of your, if I was just plugging into my compressor, drive
2: pedal, don't need a volume pedal. I um I would prefer that my guitar is going straight into my tuner because if you have an overdrive pedal on, it's going to mess with your tuner's ability to work. So, I would like to go straight into a box that will either switch to go to my tuner or have a
0: dedicated tuner out. Um, so I got a question for you around that. Is that something that perhaps in the future you might, you know, devise a device? Or a pedal that's something like that. I mean, I think we should give the kids what they want. <laughs> give the kids what they want.
1: Does the tuner matter more then? I'm even asking this for myself because, you know, when I'm using a volume pedal, uh, I don't know how to say the company's name. That really nice is it Lely? Mm. Mm. Uh, whatever that company is. It's I think awesome. It is Lely, yeah. But uh, they have tuner outs. So the tuner doesn't really matter in the sense of my sound is not going through it. But if you're going to plug into a tuner, yeah. you probably want to make sure it's not. Messing with your
2: You sound. mean if your signal is going yeah, through I'm your tuner right in. and then into... Yeah, I'm pretty opposed to that, personally. I've had some tuners that I love that did weird things to added artifacts and whatever. I would prefer the tuner is not in the chain. So you need some but, type of tr- little, even a single true bypass loop yeah, or a little thing. Yeah, I, that's what I would recommend. But um, if you have to go through it, I feel like the bosses are pretty safe. Yeah. Boss TU, whatever, TU 2000, whatever they're on now. <laughs> yeah, and they have mini ones now. Uh, well, that's what I have on mine. Little it's mini one. So nice. It's. I don't feel like it's the best tuner, but I feel like it's super reliable. And in a setting where I need to know that the tuner is going to work, and I, I mean, I always when I was guitar teching, I always had a TU two, right there just in case. I love my Peterson Strobostomp, and that's my tuner. But <laughs> there are times when I stage level, you know, vibrations in the earth. The, you know, the moon was in the wrong hemisphere. The, it <laughs> the tide just, is going out. Yeah, the, like you're trying to tune an acoustic guitar while the band's cranking out full tilt and the tuner Gosh. just will not work. I like to think
1: that, um, well, I don't like to think. I wish I could say that a boss tuner wasn't good enough for me, but I'd say that's about the level my ears are. I don't have perfect pitch, so it matches my... Uh, my ability to hear the tuning well enough.
2: Absolutely. I don't need yeah. anything more. strobo <laughs> I love because I use it for setting up guitars and intonating and, you know, it's good enough that I could do that. Or I can have presets for, like, acoustic tunings where I'm sweetening a bit. And I, I do like sweetened tunings. I do feel like that's a thing, a, a really legitimate thing. I mean, it, the guitar is imperfect in its temperament and... If the G, you know, if you've got a G chord that's perfectly in tune, the D will not or the A will not be perfectly in tune. And so, you know, sweetened guitar tunings are a real thing that I... I have the iPhone app and actually I, I've i used it in the studio
1: because I think it's only like 10 or 20 bucks. You can get the iPhone app. For the Peterson? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it did, the sweetened tunings actually made a big difference. just if you're playing that. with
2: pianos. It just makes it sit so much better. You, you, you're not going to have that one chord that's just going to clash with everything
1: well because that's what i would always end up doing if you're in d you end up i end up you know picking through and you kind of just make sure the d and g chord are kind of sounding they're that they're both equally off yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's (laughs) that's all a tuning is so modulation i'm thinking i know this isn't this is not the most inexpensive option but for functionality i love the gfi synesthesia oh yeah it's great because models obviously all of your classic really great modulation effects and what i love and i can't wait for them to i think eventually hopefully they'll do this with their uh specular tempests as well but you can have two separate algorithms independently so i can have a phaser going into a trim mm-hmm. and kick them on and off in you know all in one pedal now that's a really complex pedal as well that's a pedal that i need presets for what makes those pedals great to me is I really like their editing software. It's oh, one yeah. of the few companies Totally agree. that I'm like, this actually makes sense to me, and I didn't even have to read a manual. I just like plugged it in, and it was like, oh, this is that, and hit save. And well, as we know, if
0: Adam has to read a manual, the pedal's out. Not gonna well, it's not going to happen. It's done.
2: But if we're going for non-space station level pedal board, I would go um, with just kind of a more basic chorus pedal. Uh, The Mister Black one that you have is ridiculously good. I love that one. What uh, what is that? The uh, chorus
1: ensemble assembly, something like that. It's awesome though, and I love the. I think I saw Mason Stoops say something about this. You can turn Mason Stoops said it. It's worth listening to. Right. It's like I don't have to read manuals if people that I think sound really good tell me to do something. I just do that. It's like crib (laughs) notes. Fair. Like oh, I trust you. But you can turn the, the depth and the speed all the way down and blend the mix in just a little bit. And it does this cool, like, 80s widening thing. Well, especially if you're wearing in ears, it just splits it so well. And then the one foot switch uh, flips it between mono and stereo. So you can go back and forth because it's a
2: you know, different vibe and it sounds good in both. So the that's a great black one. vintage ensemble. Vintage ensemble. It's a great sounding pedal. Makes a mini one, too.
1: I haven't tried that one yet.
2: That delay pedal he makes is also incredible.
1: Yes. That's that's
2: another great one. That's a genius.
1: So, yeah, I'd say that's a great one for chorus because you can do so much stuff with it.
2: Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of the Boss or Ibanez chorus pedals. There's some really great ones. You know, CE2 is, like, ridiculous. That's a pedal I regret selling. I wish I had a CE2. I love CE2s. I also hate them. But I, chorus is one of those things that I love the idea of chorus. I almost can never stand to have it on. I love it when I hear it. And then I think, you know, I need to get a chorus pedal. And then I turn it on and I'm like, I don't like chorus. Yeah, it's... um, There are choruses that I love. Is it an I, emotional nostalgic attachment? I think you it remember has to do with some... 80s rock. You know, I, I hear, you know, uh, some cool new thing New sound and it's got all this chorus all over it and it makes me love it and then I go turn it on and I hear Death Leopard. You see, <laughs> not that there's their anything wrong with <laughs> in your head and you're like, I can't, I can't I just, do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I just don't want to play like that. Although that's probably
1: cool now to play like Def Leopard. Maybe I don't know what's cool anymore, so
2: you stopped caring. I stopped yeah. caring that's- for your mental
1: health. You fail at something long enough and you just have to <laughs> call it what it is. <laughs>
2: so then we need a a, delay pedal
1: I'm well here's the thing we probably have to have it be something with either tap and subdivisions or BPM these days because you're playing with tracks and stems for the price I'm just going to rep it again I love the GFI Specular Tempest because they'll do verbs and delays and they all sound amazing we use them for mixing mix down in the studio on vocals and synths and those are really awesome love that pedal uh, that's a little higher price point. I used the DD5 for years, honestly,
2: and nothing wrong with DD5. It worked great. Strymon, L Cap—that's a great sound in mono delay. I mean, I think it's stereo too.
1: Yeah. Oh, what's the? Uh, I don't know what the price is. I forget. But what's the Walrus?
2: Uh, oh, the D1. The D1. I have not played one of those yet, but it I sounded have, really it good. Amazing. It's really simple. That's a great one. I was I trying to like think to of some sleepers.
1: Those. I've, I don't change my pedal board that much anymore, and right. so I'm trying to think of what I have that I've forgotten about. But, yeah, there's so many. I feel like delay, it's kind of hard to go wrong with any
2: of the main companies these days. Yeah. I mean, it's going to bother you trying to get it perfect, but once the band gets going, you're not going to be able to tell if your delay pedal's on anyway. So some of that esoteric you know, stuff of getting it perfect doesn't matter as much in a live setting you know it's funny the dd5 you'll you will know if that one's on you can hear that delay you dial in the perfect setting on the lcap stand and it's just enough delay to where it's you know just thickening your lead sound that you're never going to use on sunday <laughs> morning because you're never going to get the nod for the solo i mean I hope <laughs> nobody's going to look over you and be like now now, now. dave
1: that now is your to time a lot <laughs> it did, yeah I live for sound checks because that's when you can pretend for like four minutes when you're you're claiming that you're you know dialing in your amp, but you get to play all your Michael Landau licks mm-hmm. from classic <laughs> records and then just turn it all off.
2: Then turn it off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then move on with your life. And then we need a reverb. And a reverb.
2: Yeah. Adam's gonna say RV five, and I'm gonna emphatically disagree. Although no,
1: I'm actually not gonna say RV five. Right. Right. So I have to If I'm doing ambient Sigaros music rv3 or rv5 like that's great i actually you got me sold on the doctor scientist pedal that kind of blew my mind because it does we actually used it for a good friend of ours we had it on her base yep and it sounded great because whatever that one room setting is with it almost all the way off it doesn't sound like reverb it sounds like you took the mic that's right up on your your cabinet and it sounds like you're standing like eight feet away just kind of listening to it is it the radical reverberator, radical
2: red reverberator, the doctor scientist radical red reverberator, and I they do make ones that aren't that red,
1: so a little you know, but I
2: they're awesome. That, well, that would be confusing. Well, You'll like, be once all right. again, people
1: like a challenge, That's <laughs> That's <true. you> <laughs> but it's called the red reverberator. Mine's blue, <laughs> but it's blue, which blue sounds red red slightly red reverberator. different than the green one, really. And no, oh, okay. <laughs> so was like, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> that one's great. What were you gonna say?
2: Oh, I don't know. I, the verb on the flint. The verb on the flint is amazing. so good. Put a and flint a on trim. the end of your board and call it a day. Yeah. day. That's it.
1: What else is there?
2: Oh, there's so many. The well, the Mercury seven is amazing, that was really cool. but that's, you know, the specular tempest again, I, I, I most, the reverb that I use the most is the plate setting on the specular tempest. But I also love the Mercury seven for when you want to go to outer space.
1: Yeah, the specular tempest has some really great. The plate verbs awesome. Their spring is really good, uh, and then their proprietary algorithm—I forget what it's called, a sp- spatium or spatium or something—is really awesome. It's, yeah, it's huge as well. I was just looking at reverb pedals on reverb. Like, is there anything <laughs> I forgot?
2: <laughs> I feel like oh, an the anti- irony. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Inception right now. <laughs> if you haven't shopped for reverb pedals on reverb. Then have you lived? Then have you even
0: lived? You experienced life as a true guitar player. Mm-hmm.
2: Have you played uh, Death by Audio's
1: reverb oration machine? It looks yeah, really cool.
2: Those guys are incredible. They do I'm a great. sucker for knobs. Yeah,
1: They put cool knobs on it. I'd put it on
2: my board. The Some of the old blood stuff, uh, they make a really great sounding reverb. And like the Black Fountain is kind of like a reverb, but also like an oil can delay.
0: That thing's incredible. Vibes. Vibes for days. Well, guys, um, thank you for sharing insights into what you would put on a pedal board. Uh, and if you want to research any of that, I'm not putting links to all of those pedals.
1: <laughs> no, on, you, on you our need need YouTube tell us your account. favorite uh, of all of the categories. Favorite pedal? Yeah, people need to comment. And yeah, like, comment yes. and let us know. We probably missed some really obvious
2: amazing reverb pedal. How, many, how many pedals did we do? I don't even know how many did you listed. We did, we did a comp, we did a drive, we did a, a volume modulation we did a tuner, we did modulation delay reverb. Yeah, I mean, tell that's, us what year seven would be.
1: I'm gonna. Uh, we can split the difference with the GFIs now because I forgot they came out with their single delay units, one ninety nine delay and the, reverb, right? I think it's just. I think they broke them up, so right. it looks like yeah, this one for one ninety nine for like their verbs, all their all the verbs, and then 199 for their delay. Isn't
2: the the delay one called the Orca?
1: I th- yes, and I think it's it's blue. And, that so, and really it matter. So it will do
2: real whale sounds. Real whale sounds. called the Orca.
1: I actually don't play slide. I just play whale sounds because real slide players. I don't do that. <laughs> but in certain moments of uh, what what we could call inspirational forms of music, uh, in inspirational places of worship. Uh, sometimes they appreciate a nice little whale wild
0: wild sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, make sure you leave a comment and tell us what. You, how many? Would do we seven? Right. Seven. What would you put on your board if you had had to choose seven things? Pick your magnificent seven. Pick, pick your magnificent seven. There you go. That's probably what I'm going to title this episode. Pick your magnificent. Or just seven. Magnificent seven. Magnificent seven. So, well, thanks for being with us on this episode of the Brown Amps podcast. Tune in again. We'll be back.